could shine between the lines if you would let yourself go find some place you know you can use your words use your hands you can change the world you just pretend express yourself take a chance and you'll see who you'll be it's time to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Life isn't something you leave home to do. It's what you accomplish within the walls of your haven. That's what allows you to greet the world with an open heart and reach out and embrace living in all its richness, variety, and staggering wonder. And that's from Richard Wagamese's Embers. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, creator and producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. I'm Brigitte Gia, and before we get into today's show, Be The Star You Are's volunteers and I want to urge you to check out our website at btsya.org. Please note that our live live in-person event, uh, such as our... A lot of events, such as our upcoming Moraga Fair, sponsored by energy solution company Green Air, have been postponed due to the ongoing uncertainty of the COVID-19 crisis. We'll be updating our websites with more information when we reschedule events. And in the meantime, make sure you think green and visit gogreenair.net. We're thrilled to have received a certificate of recognition from the California legislature honoring Be The Star You Are volunteers for 20 years of dedicated service to the community through literacy and positive media messages. And we're determined to continue our empowering efforts through Be The Star You Are. So let's go ahead and start off the show today with something that's kind of at the forefront of the news, the everyday, and everyone's minds. We'll be discussing some social distancing distancing protocols in the COVID-19 era that sort of, you know, graced us with its presence (laughs) for the time being. Everything's a little scary, everything's a little chaotic, and nothing's really certain. And Although I'm sure we're all worried, uh, we can definitely get through this. And one thing that's helping us get through is new forms of communication, uh, even in sort of this framework of social distancing that we're all doing in order to, quote unquote, flatten the curve and make sure the virus doesn't spread anywhere. So there was an article published uh, in the Wall Street Journal about social distancing and its relation to the science of human communication. Uh, Obviously, this is very relevant, uh, considering that we're all sort of, uh, a lot of us are kind of quarantined in our homes and making sure to uh, act on social distancing in order to uh, ensure that nobody else gets sick, or at least that the disease can be mitigated uh, for the time being. So the article is titled, The Science of Staying Connected, and the piece kind of dives into the reasons we seek out connection on social media uh, as we're living in this wake of the the COVID-19 quarantine measures. It also talks about whether social media and video platforms like Facebook and Instagram and Zoom that we're turning to right now can actually truly sub in for in-person interactions that we're used to. So is Zoom calling, you know, my mom for lunch the same as meeting her for lunch? Uh, Author Susan Pinker definitely gets into it. And she actually states that although face-to-face communications with our friends and family and and colleagues definitely wield significantly more power than audio or video because they give off small physical and visual cues that the people we're talking to can communicate with us through. We can definitely still utilize apps like Zoom and Facebook and Instagram and other social media platforms to almost or or get very close to recreating in-person communications. So 
a lot of these small visual and physical cues that the author uh, talks about and that I just mentioned here uh, are important to us because they help communicate a reminder that we as individuals belong to broader social groups that include people that we really love and care about, who then in return care about us. And so when we're forced into isolation, it cuts us off from the physical belonging of a group. So when you meet your friends for lunch, you're in the same setting as your friends and small physical body cues, voice inflections can be easily communication communicated between the two of you. Whereas when you're behind a screen and you're not, you know, <laughs> so to speak, breathing the same air or, or interacting in the same space as your friends, as the people you're trying to communicate with, it can be a lot harder to convey whatever you're feeling, whatever you want to say to the people that you want to say it to. So a lot of forced isolation studies that have been conducting on uh, more social animal species have returned results that really place a lot of evidence on a pretty negative impact on these animal subjects' brains uh, and their cognitive functions and their physiological conditions. And all of these impacts, this negative impact to isolation, is unfortunately replicable in human cohorts and in human studies. So uh, psychology and the field of psychology has delved into figuring out whether isolation really impacts our brains and our mental well-being and our physical well-being. And studies, you know, have returned results that show that, in fact, isolation does do just that. So is conducting video calls on platforms like Zoom really a viable solution for the lack of in-person human contact that we're experiencing in the status quo? Pinker says that maybe it's not entirely the same as being physically with someone. Like, you know, as much as we'd like to do so, we can't really reach out and give our loved ones a hug through the screen. It's not physically possible. And, you know, with, with the confines of quarantine and with the purpose of quarantine, it's, it's from a health perspective, it is better that we stay inside and we try to limit physical contact in order to decrease the spread of the virus. But on the plus side, apps like Zoom that are specifically designed to prevent video glitches and time lags when you're connecting with someone are able to help convey those small physical and mental cues that we've been talking about in a sort of time-dependent manner. So you can... You can communicate your movements and your inflection and your eye contact through Zoom and Zoom won't glitch and it won't time lag so that the person on the other side of the screen can receive your small cues and get the message that you're trying to put forth uh, very clearly. Because if you had glitches, these messages might be lost in the time lag. They might be lost in, in those pauses where the screen is frozen and you can't see the other person and your communication might be diminished. And so the small details and the communication of small details across high-functioning platforms are what makes communication via high-quality video and audio a little bit closer to face-to-face -to -face interactions. So... While the word Zoom is really circling now, um, for me as a college student, I hear Zoom all the time because all of my classes are on Zoom. This is not so much an advertisement for Zoom, <laughs> which it definitely isn't, uh, as, as uh, a, a, a statement in support of those companies and those organizations who are putting out high-quality apps that allow us to communicate with one another even as we're being isolated in this COVID-19 quarantine. Furthermore, <laughs> the article uh, mentions that you can actually take a few small steps on your own in your own home with your laptop uh, or whatever device you're streaming a video from to make sure that your quote-unquote live stream is as lifelike as possible. So what you can do is you can take your laptop when you're calling someone on Zoom or on Skype or whatever video platform that you're comfortable using, and you can prop it up so that you're speaking with the other person at eye level. You're making eye contact. You're giving that small physical cue that helps convey your message across. 
Also, you can light your face from the front when you're making a call, so you can position your lamps or your you can sit somewhere where the lighting is coming towards your face so that your facial expressions and the gestures that you're making, the little movements with your face muscles that naturally go along with the emotions that you're trying to convey to the other person so that those can be really, really clear. And lastly, you can definitely take steps consciously, I guess, to make sure that your facial expressions are clear so that you can convey whatever you're feeling in a more conscious manner uh, very clearly to the person that you're talking to. So Pinker's piece as a whole gives us some scientific background on the effects that isolation is having on us and why communication in person and physical contact are so important to us as a species. And Pinker also provides a few key tips for making the most out of a call, any call, Zoom call, Skype call, from within the confines of our quarantine right now. Uh, but I'd also like to offer up some suggestions for activities to engage in with long-distance friends and family during the quarantine period. Uh, you know, I think when when you've just left for college, uh, without any quarantine measures in place, anyone who's just left for college or has friends back home or all over uh, the states or all over the globe uh, knows that you know, in order to stay in touch, you're going to have to utilize some long distance activities and some planning to make the most of your your situation uh, when you're trying to connect with someone who you care about. So when I was in that situation, especially just fresh off of high school, going out and um, going out to Tennessee from California uh, as a new college student, I definitely, you know, found a lot of these activities to be helpful. So here we go. Um, one of the most popular activities that people have been engaging in during the quarantine is watching movies together. Uh, so you can be, you know, in your different towns or different cities. And I think Netflix has created a a new distance watching <laughs> device or application uh, called the Netflix party. So you can watch movies together via Netflix party. You can share the experience, even though you're not sitting together on the same couch, sit on different couches, but be watching the same thing and be able to converse and talk about what's going on in your favorite movies or in the new flick that you're seeing. Um, and that's one way to really connect even as you're quarantining and staying socially distanced. <laughs> Uh, you can also host weekly remote quote-unquote book clubs. So if you have a friend who also enjoys the same type of literature as you, you can both pick uh, a novel to start at sort of the same time, and you can have these weekly meetings to Skype or Zoom <laughs> and discuss the book that you're reading uh, so that you can you know, see a familiar face over Zoom and discuss a matter that is near and dear to both of your hearts. Gives you something to talk about and it also strengthens your mind and gives you something to do when you're in quarantine. Uh, you know, you've got to read a chapter for the next meeting or something like that. Uh, and you get to talk about books with your friends. So <laughs> what's not to like? Uh, one thing that uh, a friend of mine and I have been doing is we've been hosting uh, weekly art sessions via Zoom. And so every Wednesday or Thursday, we'll get together and just draw for a couple of hours or paint for a couple of hours and discuss, you know, our our week or, or what we've been doing and and get into it. So it's like doing a solo activity that you might be engaging in any way, especially with quarantine and the extra hours, but then doing it with a friend who has the same interests as you. Uh, and even though you're not in the same house and you're not in the same place, uh, the video call gives it at least a semblance of liveness, <laughs> of, of reality that otherwise would be unavailable to us without high quality streaming. Uh, one other fun thing to do is uh, if you're a high school or college student, if you're a student, you can do group Zoom study sessions. Uh, I know that's quite popular with a lot of my friends uh, is just calling and doing work and just enjoying each other's company through the screen, uh, even if it isn't uh, a library or someone's dorm or somewhere where everybody's in one place.
One really fun thing is you can order dinner together or quote unquote order dinner together uh, where uh, if you are, you know, pretty far apart from someone you care about, you can both find a restaurant that offers similar items, similar food items, similar cuisines, and you can choose something to order and then eat it together <laughs> over Zoom. Uh, so, for example, you guys could both uh, get Italian uh, for for an evening, and you could both order the linguine from maybe two different local restaurants. Make sure to support your local restaurants, especially during the quarantine with delivery and pickup orders. And you can eat it and maybe even use a Netflix party <laughs> and watch a film together as you eat. And lastly, the thing that I've been seeing around on Instagram a lot, uh, I follow a lot of classical Instagram channels uh, or Instagram accounts, uh, which is really fun, uh, is a lot of musicians have been playing duets and ensemble pieces over video. Again, uh, <laughs> a bit of a repetition here, but Zoom really does allow you to do that. Uh, high quality streaming, no lag times, uh, and you can play duets and play ensemble pieces with you know, fellow musicians, if you're a musician, you can sing together and you can have a lot of fun in that way with a common subject to talk about, even if you're not, again, physically in the same place. So uh, that was an article by Susan Pinker. Uh, again, um, you can use a lot of her tips and you can go and read The Science of Staying Connected in the Wall Street Journal. It's a wonderful read uh, and it really discusses a lot of important social neuroscience uh, backings to isolation and ways to get around isolation and keep communicating with people that we care about. I uh, can absolutely feel free to use any of the tips uh, and the little activities that I've just listed. Uh, they're, they're great fun. <laughs> I can attest to that. And thanks to everyone for listening to this segment. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time for this section of the show, but make sure to stay on and uh, listen as we continue our discussion in quarantine. <laughs> as a reminder, Be the Star You Are for Teens, as well as the newest establishment in the series, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. Both of those books are available now and the rest of the Be the Star You Are anthology. And it's especially a great time to pick up this anthology, any of the volumes, all of the volumes, uh, so that you can read them during quarantine. <laughs> We've got a lot of hours and these are great reads. So make sure you go to starstyledstore.net if you're looking for a new book to read, especially at a time like this, <laughs> and you can pick up your copy today. Remember, your purchase benefits the Be The Star You Are 501c3 charity and this Express Yourself program as a donation. So make sure you're getting your copy today and also make sure to check out youtube.com slash be the star you are for our fun and informative BTSYA videos on living, laughing, and learning. Visit us at btsya.org and check out past editions of our show at expressyourselfteenradio.com. I'm Brigitte Gia on Express Yourself, and keep on listening to our conversation after the break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. 
Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying with us here at Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. In this segment, we'll be discussing the power of creative expression as an outlet of calm in these trying, stressful times. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and begin with writing, uh, because that, I feel, is one powerful outlet of creative expression that a lot of us think of when we're thinking about creativity and really putting our feelings down onto the page. Uh, For me, I envision sort of a Victorian era lady with a with a quill pen or with a fountain pen just writing down all her feelings <laughs> when I think about writing in order to gain a sense of stress relief and a sense of calm. So writing is, again, a common form of expression, and there's actually a lot of evidence from the scientific community uh, that supports the the benefits of expressive writing to relieve stress. So there's a lot of studies that support um, the use of writing as a ways of organizing your thoughts and really going over traumatic events that have happened in your life and learning about them and then overcoming them. Uh, For example, uh, Dr. James W. Pennebacher uh, conducted a study uh, on college students, so on a college student cohort, where he had one group writing about traumatic events that had happened to them, and he had another group that was just writing about inconsequential things. And so each of these two groups, Dr. Pennebacher had writing uh, daily for a short period of time. So they would come in, they would write about whatever topic that they were assigned to write about, whether it was traumatic events or just something inconsequential that had happened during their day. And then they would head out and maybe take some short surveys about how many pain relievers they were taking and how many times they were visiting student health centers and student mental health centers, uh, what they were doing with their day and how much stress they were experiencing. And so the result of this study was actually that college students writing about traumatic events actually had lowered visitations at student mental health centers and less pain relievers taken compared with students writing about inconsequential items. So from the study, Dr. Pennebacher saw that writing and just putting your thoughts down on the paper helped relieve stress and helped decrease necessities for mental health breaks and mental health help. And so Although correlation is not causation, you can definitely see that maybe there's an impact that writing has on the way we handle traumatic events and dealing with stress. Another study uh, done at UST Chicago uh, stated that, or found that test takers who wrote about their test anxiety before heading into an exam actually received better scores. So there was something about writing and the writing process that allowed these anxious test takers to relieve their anxiety and their stress when they wrote all their feelings down before heading into the exam that then actually impacted their performance on these tests. So the big takeaway from these two studies here is that stress relief can be found in writing down your feelings, especially during quarantine and during social distances, distancing when a lot of things are uncertain and we're experiencing a lot of stress from that. Writing everything down can put words two emotions and link those two so that you're expressing everything that you're feeling and organizing it by putting it into sentences. And this allows the brain to kind of categorize trauma or whatever you're going through, whatever stress you're feeling, and gain from whatever hardship you're going through, and then finding the ability to move past it. So when you start off with chaos and trauma in your head, and you don't know where to go, You can take a piece of paper and write down your thoughts. And in writing down your thoughts, you'll be able to organize them and make sense of them and find some sort of bigger meaning. And that meaning then allows you to move past the trauma that you're going through. And so I definitely use writing to put a lot of my 
thoughts into words and to organize. Um, I like to journal when I'm feeling stressed. And especially uh, in the last few weeks, I've been journaling quite often. So I had to leave my college dorm and move everything out, kind of deal with the sudden stop of my spring semester. And so I experienced a lot of chaos during that time. I didn't really know what was going on. I had a lot of anxiety about what was going to happen with COVID-19 and with the halting of my spring semester. How was I going to take classes? How was I going to do research in the lab? How was I going to shadow my physician? I didn't know. So I took my journal and I started writing everything down, kind of organizing my emotions and my stress and my anxiety into words. And once I'd finished my journaling entries, initially I was kind of reminded of my stress and my anxiety by putting it down on the paper. And a lot of studies show that this happens pretty regularly. When you first write something down, you're reminded of everything you go through because you have to go through it again, essentially, on the page. You have to write everything down, and in writing everything down, you're revisiting your trauma. But then, after I put everything down... I felt that I had been able to categorize what I was feeling, organize it, and make sense of it. So I understood that the reason I was going through a lot of this, these chaotic events and, and moving around and having to have my studies halted was because a global health crisis was going on and there were things bigger than myself that I just had to adapt to instead of, you know pitying myself about things that I couldn't control. And again, a lot of psychological studies and experiments have shown that people who go through the trauma, once again, by writing everything down on the page, often are able to come to this conclusion, pull some meaning, extract some meaning from their trauma and from what they're feeling, and come out a stronger person, come out less chaotic and more organized. So that's definitely a huge benefit of writing down your feelings as you're being quarantined, as you're dealing with chaos and stress and and the news <laughs> pretty much. And, and it's a way to move past things. Writing is a way to move past what you're feeling and put it behind you in order to be as productive and as helpful to yourself and to others as you can. But to move along, uh, another common outlet of expression, creative expression, uh, that deals with a lot of emotions is art. So we talk about writing and we talk about art, <laughs> and, uh, often in tandem with one another, and for good reason. Because both of them are ways of taking your emotions from within your brain <laughs> and putting them on a piece of paper, essentially externalizing them so that they're not all in your head and churning and creating a mess in there. And so uh, even without COVID-19 and sort of the stress of social distancing and quarantine, art and music therapy have been gaining traction as ways to deal with you know, the ongoing stress of everyday life. And I think that's with good reason, because both forms of creative expression, music therapy as well as art therapy, help to relieve stress when stress has nowhere else to go but inside your brain. And so I think, and I've seen, that a lot of art therapists tend to practice art and music therapy in tandem with one another. Uh, and I think a, a good way to practice mindfulness with art and music is to combine them. So if you are feeling stressed and you're stuck in your house and you don't know what to do with your time except overthink and analyze everything that's been going on and the uncertainty of it all, you can grab a few blank sheets of paper and you can find a soothing music playlist, especially if you go on YouTube right now, they've got calming and peaceful playlists. If you go on Spotify, a lot of other music streaming services, they're offering soothing live streams and playlists. And a lot of uh, maybe your favorite artists are also quarantined. <laughs> they've got nothing to do and they're generating new music. So you can grab your blank sheet of paper, grab a, a drawing utensil, a pen, a pencil, anything you've got lying around, um, and get everything that you're feeling down onto the paper. So like writing, again, art brings emotions out 
in front of whoever is feeling them, in front of you as you're feeling them. And in doing so, art allows for the analysis and organization of thoughts and the processing of traumatic events. Because so much is going on inside our brains that we sometimes get lost in all of the chaos, you know, everything that's going on. And again, externalizing our thought processes gives us the chance to find ourselves on our own mental maps and locate what we're feeling so that we can move past it if it's something that we don't want to feel anymore. Well, uh, that's what I've got for art and writing. And uh, I think especially right now, as I've stated, it's it's super relevant that we continue to use art and writing as ways to cope with what we're feeling in this uncertain era. I know it's often hard to, to get out of your head and actually find the effort to start something, start what feels like an art or writing project. But once you get over that initial hurdle, that activation energy, so to speak, uh, you you might find that art and writing and, and just putting things down on paper will really help your emotional state and help you to kind of feel better about everything that's been happening with COVID-19 and with the economy. Uh, you know, a lot of us are going through the same thing, and I think if we're able to engage in art and writing uh, as sort of a global community and and share our art and writing and motivate each other to, to really externalize what we're feeling so that we can go through it and move past it, we'll be able to move past this time of chaos as a whole. So again, thanks you guys for tuning into this segment about art and writing and make sure to support our show and learn about upcoming BTSYA events at bethestaryouare.org. We're a positive literacy charity, so we're definitely um, really supporting writing and reading and creating art, you know, being expressive creatively in this time of crisis. Uh, And also make sure you show your love for more segments like this this one by donating to the Be The Star You Are 501c3 literacy charity that brings you this program at bethestaryouare.org. Visit btsya.org to find out more about Be The Star You Are and stick with us to keep keep hearing about more uh, regaining sense of self activities uh, in these trying times. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to Express Yourself. So in this last segment, to close everything off and to kind of give everything a bit of uh, an air of calm, so to speak, uh, I'll be reading some excerpts from the book Embers by Richard Wagamese. So just a little more background about Wagamese. Uh, Richard was 
born in 1955. He unfortunately passed away in 2017, and he was an Ojibwe from the Wabasimung First Nation tribe in northwestern Ontario. He was actually recognized as one of Canada's foremost First Nation authors and storytellers. Uh, he was very well known and for his beautiful works, and he authored 15 books, including his best-selling memoirs, One Native Life, published in 2008, and One Story, one Song, 2011, which received the George Raya Award for Social Awareness in Literature. His acclaimed novel, Indian Horse, published in 2012, was actually the 2013 People's Choice winner in CBC's Canada Reads competition. Uh, so this book, Embers, is close to my heart <laughs> because in 2018, uh, after my senior year of high school during the summer, I took a trip to Canada, where I was born, Vancouver, and I picked up this book. Uh, I was going through a bit of a rough patch in my life, um, and the book really helped me center myself and remain calm about everything that I was going through, and it reminded me that hardship is also a part of life, and the way you deal with it characterizes who you are and where you'll be after, you know, after the matter. So here are a few excerpts from uh, different chapters of Embers that I pulled forth, and I hope you like them. So this is from Stillness. A world so still, you swear you can hear her breathe. Snow glitters with points of light, flung like stars across a universe of white. Not even birds reach the air, and there rises within you the notion that stillness is more enriching than motion. Listening is more empowering than distraction, and slow, measured steps feel more graceful than speed. Ah, I'm growing old, you say. Then you marvel at how young and new and invigorated it makes you feel. I'm not created or recreated by the noise and clatter of my life, by the rush and scurry the relentless chase or the presumption that more gets more. No, I am created and recreated by moments of stillness and quiet. I am struck richer by a pure solitude that allows me to feel the world around me and lean into my place in it. I am not the rush of words in my life's narrative. I am its punctuation, its pauses and stops. I am my ongoing recharge, and in this silence, I am reborn. I started my day shoveling eight inches of fresh overnight snow, and it's still falling. The beauty of that is the quiet you fall into through a deliberate, conscious act. The mindful joy of watching your energy change things, of feeling your spirit come alive in the effort and the sheer bright white light of joy that comes from seeing a clear and open path to your home, the place where your dreams reside. There are motions of the heart that occur only in quiet rooms, in the splendor of solitude where nothing and everything exists at the same time. Being and becoming have their confluence in these moments of touching your essence. You feel yourself a part of the great wheel of creative, nurturing, loving, benevolent energy that is spinning around us all the time. This is what it means to be spiritual, to feel your spirit moving. Take to quiet places then, immerse yourself in them, and feel your energy merge with that timeless, eternal energy and be made more. Two, harmony. We approach our lives on different trajectories, each of us spinning in our own separate, shining orbs, orbits. What gives this life its resonance is when those trajectories cross and we become engaged with one, each other for as long or as fleetingly as we do. There's a shared energy then, and it can feel as though the whole universe is in the process of coming together. I live for those times because no one is ever truly just passing through. Every encounter has within it the power of enchantment, if we're willing to look for it. 
from our very first breath, we are in relationship. With that indrawn draft of air, we become joined to everything that ever was, is, and ever will be. When we exhale, we forge that relationship by virtue of the act of living. Our breath commingles with all breath, and we are a part of everything. That's the simple fact of things. We are born into a state of relationship, and our ceremonies and rituals are guides to lead us deeper into that relationship with all things. The big lesson? Relationships never end. They just change. In believing that that lies the freedom to carry compassion, empathy, love, kindness, and respect into and through whatever changes. We are made more by that practice. When I allow myself to feel my body, when I can inhabit it and allow myself to close off the world beyond my flesh, I become who I am, energy and spirit. I am not my mind. I am not my brain. I am stardust, comets, nebulae, and galaxies. I am trees and wind and stone. I am space. I am emptiness and wholeness at the same time. That is when my body sings to me a glorious ancient song, redolent with mystery seeking to remain mystery. Connecting to it, living with it, becoming it for even a moment, I am healed and made more. That's what ceremony is, whatever brings you closer to your essential self. All right, those were some passages from embers that I really love. Uh, that I find comfort in. And recently I've been reading Embers and rereading Embers and sort of sitting with myself um, wherever I can in peace to, to breathe, really. This book is grounding, and books like it are very grounding as well. If you find... Uh, a book of meditations in your local bookstore or at the library and read it through, you find a lot of good messages that help you think about where you are and where you're going with life. For me, Embers was that book because I was at a crossroads. I was 18. I was worried about my future and I didn't know where I was going. I was about about to start college, I was about to leave my home. In in a lot of ways, it almost feels like what we're going through right now. Of course, the scale of it is incomparable. We're going through a global health crisis, and you know, people everywhere are suffering from this and are feeling the impacts of this virus. But the sense of uncertainty that I felt at the time are the same as what I'm sort of going through right now. And I think that meditating and going through embers again, reading these passages has helped stabilize my cognition and my mental state and calm down a bit, (laughs) so to speak. So actually I would recommend a, a short activity that I Uh, sometimes engage in when I'm feeling anxious and stressed, uh, much like what I've been feeling in the wake of the quarantine crisis. What I do is I find a, a corner of the house or wherever I am, some small corner where I can shield myself from the outside world mentally. And I find some time to be alone and sit in that corner. And while you're sitting in that corner, You can close your eyes and just relax every single muscle in your body. Of course, that's not physically possible, but if you think about it, you're sitting in your corner and you you think and you try to relax every single muscle in your body. You close your eyes and just completely let all of the stress that you're feeling, all the tension fall away from your bones and your muscles. And once you're able to breathe and do so, and just calm down, go over whatever you're feeling. So you're completely relaxed, 
you know, there's no tension in your body. You've willed it all away to just melt away like snow uh, in the spring. And now you pull forth whatever you're feeling, whatever anxiety you're going through. And you kind of look at it or think about it for a bit. Think about what exactly you're feeling. And you can put it into words. You can maybe take some time to write it down in your corner so that you can process it or make some art while you're there. And just breathe. Think about where you're going to go from there. And from that point, open your eyes slowly and take in your surroundings and try to notice every single detail of whatever room you're in. Focus on exactly what's in your present because you've got nothing going on you're sitting in a corner of wherever you are and once you focus on these minor details uh for me at least i find that it actually helps to bring me back into the present i know some of this sounds wishy-washy but uh there have definitely been times where i've spun out of control i've been super anxious about where i am or what i'm doing And it's been hard for me to get into the moment. And so when I find myself in those places, I stop, I find a corner of the house, close my eyes, let all the tension run away from my body, and just focus on small details in the present. And I think Embers really reflects that. If we go to some of the passages uh, that that you've heard thus far, um, especially in stillness, You can hear him say, a world so still, you swear you can hear her breathe. And so when you're stressed out, when you're anxious about something, that's what you want to do. You want to sit and just hear the world breathe for a second. And when you hear the world breathe around you, you can hear yourself breathe. You can hear yourself think for once instead of being kind of ridden with all the anxieties that are piled, and that will help you get over whatever you're feeling in the moment and center yourself so that you can be okay, so that you can focus on what's in front of you rather than what's happened to you. I love some of these passages that I've shared with you today. Um, I love where he says, there are emotions of the heart that occur only in quiet rooms in the splendor of solitude where nothing and everything exists at the same time. I think that specific line really hones in on the idea that while everything is going on around you, you can still find the time to be alone. Even if you're not really alone, you can find sort of within yourself a sense of peace. And it's there. Remember that. Uh, If you're feeling overwhelmed by COVID-19 and the quarantine and everything that's going on, the economy, the news, the, (laughs) the, the medical state of this world, sit back and remember that within you, there is a sense of peace and there is a sense of resilience that will be there, that makes you essentially human, so to speak, and kind of try to channel that to counter all the anxious thoughts that you're having. Bring them out and don't turn them loose. That's not the terminology, but sort of let them out against your anxious thoughts. To turn to sort of the neuroscience side of things, um, to depart a little from the meditative calm of embers, um, there's a lot of scientific basis to taking a moment alone and breathing sort of finding your corner and not thinking about anxieties or going through anxieties at your own pace. So you have uh, a part of your brain called the autonomic nervous system. Um, And as psychology has gained more prevalence in today's media, I'm sure a lot of you have heard that term, (laughs) the ANS, the autonomic nervous system. And that system is activated whenever you feel stress into a sort of fight or flight response. And so when you start to feel stress or when you deal with some event that seems overwhelming, your autonomic nervous system activates and starts releasing cortisol, a stress hormone, and other stress hormones throughout your body. So it's trying to to prepare your body for a fight 
or a flight. Uh, it's a sort of more evolutionary response, automatic response that you yourself can't control as it happens. But the thing is, we no longer live in times where we need to be instantly fighting or flighting. You know, when we deal with maybe an argument with someone we care about, it's not a situation that we're going to be fighting to get away from or fighting them for or taking flight. And so our autonomic system is releasing these hormones without a place for them to go. And as a result, we're overthinking and becoming anxious about the state of the world and what's going on around us. And so taking a moment to yourself, reading from your favorite book of meditations and breathing and finding yourself in the present is something you want to do for the sake of calming down your autonomic nervous system and letting those hormones run its course so that no new hormones, no new stress hormones are released by a reaction to any sort of stress you're feeling. Because the autonomic nervous system reacts to its own stress too. It sees the cortisol, it keeps pumping, and it keeps you ready for a fight or a flight that you're not going to engage in. So as we're quarantining, as we're dealing with a lot of trauma, we need to remember to calm down that autonomic nervous system by reading from books like Embers and taking moments for ourselves in solitude to find where we are and how we're feeling and learn to move forward. So thank you all for listening to these meditations, and I hope they were able to at least bring you some sense of calm amidst what we're going on dealing with and what's going on in the world right now. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show, but thank you all for joining me. And please make sure to support BTSYA and to find more information on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs on our main site at bethestarur.org. You've been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. I'm Brigitte Gia, and as always, we're giving our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia O'Brien, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. Make sure you're staying safe and staying calm. Breathe in, breathe out. We're going to get through this. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine. Between the lines If you would let yourself